Hello and welcome to the Oak Sermon Podcast. This week it's Father's Day and we've got a guest preacher, Carl Beach, leading us in our sermon. Enjoy. Well, hi everyone, it's super good to be with you. My name's Carl Beach and uh, hey, thanks for the invitation to speak to you on Father's Day and I myself am a dad. Um, married to Karen uh, we've been together for 31 years now um, met when we were 18 I've uh, been married for uh, it will be 28 years April next year um, and we have two adult daughters so I've got one called Emily who is a full-time artist and tattoo artist and the other one called Annie uh, who is training to be a vet in year four and I always say to people just how remarkable that is you know you bring them both up the same they both love Jesus uh, but one lives in Narnia and she's completely wild and the other one's a super academic and you bring them both up the same it just tells you something doesn't it and uh, we live in a place called Staveley uh, on the edge of Chesterfield where we're pioneering some um, outreach work into into the community. So that's us. We met Karen and I um, when I was 18, uh, as you've probably done the maths. I wasn't a Christian, um, but I met her because my mate invited me to go to church, called me a chicken if I didn't turn up. And long story short, I saw this girl sitting on the back row of the church and thought, she's quite nice. And uh, here we are all those years later. So it was like a big cosmic ambush. So I gave my life to Jesus um, all those years ago after hearing this guy preach the gospel. He he just preached a straight down message of Jesus Christ. uh, He he preached on the life, death and resurrection of Christ over and over and over again at a church weekend in Clacton. No, No funny stories that stick in my mind. He just preached with utter conviction that the message of Jesus Christ was a hundred percent authentic and real and had totally impacted his life and he kind of had this message that only the gospel the message of jesus christ can make you the kind of person you know you ought to be and on the 22nd of april 1990 i stood up in a brethren hall and i bred and strict brethren church and uh, gave my life my heart to christ to put my faith and trust in him and here we are all those years later But the journey, the journey of understanding what that meant, uh, that that was something that unfolded over many years. And I'm going to cut straight to the heart of the matter. Um, I was 22 and working in the bank and married uh, to Karen when I had a conviction about ministry and mission and wanting to spend my life telling people about Christ in fact the day after I met Jesus that that's all I wanted to do is tell people about him actually uh, that's a story for another time but I had a conviction about reaching people um, particularly people who are broken and hurting uh, having wanted to just join the army all my life that was a real change and so for two years I worked up on that idea and uh, was mentored by an outstanding leader called Bob and by age 24 
uh, I was establishing a new church on an estate in Essex, which again is another story for another time, but it was rife with problems. By age 26, we were living on this estate. I'd spent all the money I'd earned from a banking career, uh, invested into reaching the poor. Um, nothing much had happened. My money was gone. Uh, we were living in a desperately needy area that was stuffed full of problems, which I won't go into now, but they were the worst kind of problems you can imagine. And um, uh, I was at the end of myself. Uh, me and Karen, we weren't really communicating. Um, I was waking up in the night, sweating with stress. I'd, the phone went. You know, my heart would be in my mouth. Um, I was effectively shutting down. The the problems that we were confronted with were off the scale. I didn't know how to help people. I mean, I saw physical violence on another level, addictions and all sorts of stuff. At 24 years old, uh, even being an Essex boy, and relatively streetwise, I, I just did not know how to cope with the extent of stuff that I was seeing. And we formed a little church that was meeting in a community centre. We used to meet at three o'clock in the afternoon because, you know, there was nothing much else on uh, other than the Antiques Roadshow. And so we thought we'd compete with that. And, and here is what happened. One day, I couldn't face going into the community centre to one church with a handful of people that have been there. People in conflict with each other. It was like living in a permanent episode of EastEnders. It was proper tough. And some of you may have heard me tell this story before, but it's really important for what's going to come over the next 15 or so minutes. I was leaning against a rubbish skip, quite appropriately. And I said a heartfelt prayer to God, of the like of which I'd never prayed before, or maybe even since, I don't know, but it was proper like from my guts you know and I said to God I I am failing you know I, I, I when I preach it's terrible like I, some of you might be thinking that now <laughs> so when I preach it's, it's terrible awful I'm not a very good preacher and it's little inner voice which I know now to be the whisper of God said to me yeah, you're not very good. That's like what? I said I can't help people pastorally. I, there are needs beyond my ability to cope with it. I, I just don't know how to help people. I don't think I'm very good at caring for people. And this little voice went, "Yeah, you're not very good at that either." <laughs> and then I went through this big list of stuff, like all around my marriage not being a good husband which the voice agreed with and not being a good leader which the voice agreed with and then I, I finally said but if all this goes wrong I spent all my money it's all gone money job everything's tied up in this if this fails I've got nothing left and I'll be out of ministry already probably even barely started over the last couple of years and this little voice said that's right. But you're my son and I love you. And it was like 
a lightning bolt of love struck my heart. Now I've been a Christian at this point, six years. And this, this overwhelming feeling of love touched my heart. And I, and I opened my Bible, I got a, like a rucksack type thing and like a shoulder bag. And I have my Bible and I, and I open up the concordance. It looks up the word son. It went to, it took me to Romans 8.15. He said, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, and know that we are sons of God. Obviously, back in the day, sons being the heirs. So this is, this is a universal term for men and women, that we are all heirs, that we are loved unconditionally. I just feeling that win, lose, or draw, my Father in heaven loved me. And, and I remember something shifted in me. And I went to the community centre where there was just a handful of people and a ferry had turned up, you know. And, and walked in and there was hardly anyone there and someone had a moan. But I felt all this pressure lift off me because I didn't need to prove myself anymore because no matter what happened, I knew that my father in heaven loved me and I was his son and I was adopted into the family of heaven and I had a destiny. And I was secure. And I'm not going to say this was overnight, but over a period of some months, this just love overcame the anxieties and the fears and the insecurities. And I stopped feeling the need to perform and please people. I thought I could be myself. I cared about people, but I didn't say I didn't give a stuff what people thought. But it was that, that oppressiveness and worrying about success and competing. It, it just left and it, it, it's gone to this day like all these years later 25 26 years later but what i learned most of all through that experience and this ongoing journey of following christ and and knowing the love of god as my father it's two things one i've understood just how much he loves me and secondly it's shown me how i am to love others it's helped me make sense of passages in Matthew 5 like loving your enemies and blessing those who persecute and Romans 12 like opening your home up to strangers and practicing hospitality you know not taking revenge and all, all of that stuff one of my one of my daughters um, did go through a horrendously painful time uh, in fact both my daughters at various times have gone through painful moments. Um, there was one profound thing that happened uh, a short time ago, actually, where uh, one of my girls, she, she was crying over something. I'm not going to go into all the details, but she's crying over something. And, um, and I went into the living room to comfort her. And, and I said, are you okay? And, and she said, I've just been thinking about my life and all the things. I mean, it's a proper Holy Spirit moment. You know, all the things that have gone on said, I don't understand how you just all keep loving me. And it was a beautiful and precious moment. I mean, she's a really good kid, you know. 
It's not like she's in gangs in New York or something. It's just one of those Holy Spirit moments. And I was able to say to her, well, I'm not like your Heavenly Father at all. <laughs> but he's shown me what love is. And no matter what, I'll always love you. In fact, I've always said to my kids, you know, Dad's an evangelist, so there'll always be a meal, there'll always be a bed. Uh, it's not going to be much money, but there'll always be an unconditional welcome into our home and into our lives. <laughs> but uh, I said to myself, how God loves you, and I was able to explain with more depth than perhaps ever before, because this was a Holy Spirit revelation to my daughter of the Father's love, actually, which we are to try and model. Uh, of Luke 15 the story of the prodigal son now many of you will know this really well but let me just read this to you a man had two sons this is Jesus telling the story to explain God's love a man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the estate that falls to me so he divided his wealth between them and not many days later the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country and there he squandered his estate with loose living and when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger. I'll get up and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf to kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and he's been found and began to celebrate many times over my life I have messed up like like big time and I'm sure anyone listening to this if 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 you say you've never messed up you are basically the angel Gabriel right so all of us have messed up and one thing I've learned over the years is just just how much my father in heaven loves me and and because of the cross the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is able to wipe my sake clean and and start me off again there's this beautiful story actually um the guy i think it was tony orlando who sang the song um tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree and those of a certain age are probably now humming it in their heads You'll never get out your head now for the rest of the day tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree and apparently it's based on a true story from a prison governor in uh, i believe it was south carolina it's in the 50s or 60s this this song is based on a true story um where a prisoner who'd committed the worst kind of offences was released, uh, but had broken all contact with his family, uh, was ashamed of his past, had been in prison for many years, and so didn't tell him, uh, didn't communicate with him while he was in prison. But on his release, the, the week or so before his release, he sent a snail mail letter, this pre-email, um, it's basically saying this is my release date I'm going to get the train back to the farm where, where they all the family lived and he said uh, but I understand if you don't want to see me 
but uh, if you do if if you know tie a white ribbon not a yellow ribbon a true story was a white ribbon tie a, a white ribbon uh around the big oak tree around the trees on the borders of the farm as a train goes past if the white ribbon is on the trees i'll know i can get off and we'll be reunited but i totally understand if you don't want to see me don't tie a white ribbon around the trees apparently the story goes uh, but the eyewitnesses at the time saw the man pacing up and down in the carriage as they got near the farm he's properly stressed out uh, wondering what's going to happen and someone said to him son what's the matter why are you okay and he explained to him what was going to happen this guy couldn't bear to look out the window and someone said apparently called out and went son your family must surely love you you need to look out the window and as he looked out the window of the train as, as it trundled past the farm getting towards the station all the trees and the shrubs were smothered in white ribbons just, you know just, just trails and trails of white ribbons son your family must surely love you they said and uh, the prison governor tells the story how you know he found out later that he was reunited with his family and that the sins of his past uh, were forgiven by his family and he was reunited this is how God loves us and you can imagine in this story I read to you from Luke 15 that the son he thinks he knows how to live his life and he wants to do his own thing and he messes up and, and his, his head is over the pig's wheel now I mean that that's sometimes where life takes us sometimes we end up with our heads over the pig's wheel about to eat pig's will before he come to our senses and he does come to his senses he knows he goes needs to go to his father to find mercy grace and forgiveness get a fresh start and you can imagine him you know he's rehearsing his speech nervous like the bloke on the train pacing up and down he's nervous and doesn't know what's going to happen but his, his father represents God in the story of course sees him one is a long way off and runs to him and embraces him brothers and sisters this is how your father loves you no matter what is in your heart today in your head we have a father in heaven who loves you wants to wipe your slate clean welcome you into the family God give you a fresh start this is how he loves our kids it's how he loves you and it's how we are to love so first thing is this is how your heavenly father loves you as your father if you're a man or woman listening to this today, young or old, and there are things in your head you know you've done, things that you feel ashamed of, stuff that is stopping you, entering into the destiny that your Father in Heaven has for you, do know that when we go to Him, He will wipe your slate clean and embrace you and throw a robe around you, metaphorically speaking, put a ring on your finger and love you and welcome you back. There is a purpose and a destiny for all of us and He wants us to fulfil it. And all we have to do is turn to him and, and make a move towards him and you'll understand how much he loves you. The second thing is, is how we're to love each other with grace and unconditional love, forgiveness, mercy. Just love one another. Give each other the benefit of the doubt, believe the best. Be gracious and kind and tender-hearted to each other if you read on through that story the, the older brother never done anything wrong struggle with this you can read it for yourself 
Um, we are not to struggle when people are showing mercy and grace because one day that could be us, right? But also, you know, if you're a bloke listening to this on Father's Day, in particular today on Father's Day, do know that your Father in Heaven loves you and it's not a bad thing to know the love of a father. Some of you may not have known fathers. Some of you may have had harsh upbringings, but you need to know that the Father has a heart of outrageous love for you. And it's tender. Sometimes men struggle to understand that. But let me say this, in, in, in response to the Father's love for me, I've understood that he's a dad to daughters. Tenderness and kindness and grace and softness actually is really important. And, and to your sons. Not just to your daughters, to your sons. Your father in heaven longs to spend time with you and your kids also need you. On this Father's Day though, um, my main point is you are dearly loved without condition. Men in particular do hear this. You are loved. And yes, following Christ is tough and it will take us to the wire and fashion us and shape us and mould us to be the men that we know we ought to be. And he wants to use us to fix up this broken world to participate in the mission of God. That's, that's what he wants. But understand and know that he loves you. And he has a plan for you and a purpose for you that only you can fulfil. And one day, if you put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, it'll be like you've woken up for a dream and you draw your last breath and you're in front of your Father in heaven in front of Christ and he says well done welcome good and faithful servant what better thing can there be one day to hear than that you are loved love as best we can like our father in heaven S seek to be the man and woman that you know you ought to be and on this father's day in particular let's cheer on the men and let's pray Let's pray, pray in your churches, pray that they are the man and become the man they know they ought to be. And only Jesus Christ can take you there. I believe that with all my heart. Only Jesus Christ can fashion you, shape you, mould you to be the man you know you ought to be. And only his love is perfect. And if you reach out to him, you'll experience that amazing, outrageous and perfect love. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening.